All right, welcome to the Big Texas Podcast presented by Texas Young Republicans. I am your host, Jordan Overturf, and today is the first day of early voting in Texas. We can all rejoice all the campaigns that have been working their tails off so hard for the past few months. Some of them for up uh, up to a year and a half or longer have been working to get to this point, to get voters out to the polls and start casting their ballots for their name. So much going on uh, at the national level here in the state, but we are staying focused on candidates and getting you uh, interviews. If you have not listened to any of the past 21 episodes, please go back Uh, Check out some of the interviews with these congressional candidates, House district candidates, Senate district candidates. We have been working our butts off to try and get as many candidates in uh, to talk to voters as possible. And we appreciate everyone who has done that, who's made the effort, who's following us on Twitter and Instagram at Big Texas Podcast. Not a shameless plug. Uh, Thank you so much. Uh, We've got more candidate interviews that are going to be coming uh, as we go through the primary process. And this is a call to all you hopefuls out there, the folks who actually do make it to victory lane on March 3rd when those results come in. uh, If you win your primary, we would love to have you on the Big Texas podcast to talk about your district, to talk about your voters, to talk about all the issues and the things that are getting people active in your district. It's, it's I love early voting. That's the thing. Okay, so I have worked in campaigns uh, in Chicago, New York City, uh, Philadelphia, and these are places that don't have early voting. And so, you know, for them, game day is game day. Election day is once uh, out of the cycle, and that's it. That's the whole deal. But Texas has early voting. We have all this time. There's so much data you can break down on voter turnout, who's showing up in each of the primaries, the Republican and the Democrats, who's got the bigger numbers. All of this is going to be pointing to November 2020 and the ultimate idea of whether or not Democrats and their voter registration effort has done any good if they're building a blue wave. And meanwhile, on the Republican side, if we're doing our part to make sure we're getting more Republicans registered to vote, get and not only that, getting them active and out to the polls. That's the thing. There's so much follow through in this process uh, as you work with uh, voters, with, uh, when you're on a campaign and you're trying to get voters to turn out, there's so much that goes into making sure that you have that follow through. You can't just make a connection at the door, at a public event, on the phone. You have to make sure you get them out to the polls. And for us, the reason we want Republicans to show up is we need that high watermark. We need to see how many people are active in the state and how many more we can get to turn out in November. One person that is hoping to turn out folks here in the early voting process and in November is Carrie Isaac. She is one of three Republicans running in House District 45 to unseat Aaron Zwiener, the current state representative incumbent who has a primary challenger of her own. Um, I had a great time talking to Carrie. Uh, Obviously, most of us know her husband, former state representative Jason Isaac. Um, She is... A hard working candidate and I I tell her I appreciate candidate wives because they work their tails off and I know as a candidate she's working even harder than that so 
Uh, I really enjoy talking to her about a bunch of different issues. She's got some great conservative ideas on fiscal responsibility and uh, property taxes. Man, we talk about property taxes. So I'm going to get out of the way, ladies and gentlemen, without further ado. Mrs. Carrie Isaac. to feel like a little bit of an advantage for you as you got into this race uh you know did you you know come to this with your previous experiencing thing okay i know what i gotta do i know you know i gotta knock doors i gotta talk to folks you know did that give you any sense of confidence as you started to get into the race definitely yes we have a well-oiled machine we've been doing this for 10 years we have all the kinks worked out and so it definitely gives me an advantage, and it also makes me the best candidate to win in November. So uh, obviously this district flipping was a big inspiration for you to get into the race. Um, but <laughs> what were some of the other uh, things that kind of spurred you to, to make a run for office? Exactly. Flipping this district is the reason I'm in here. So um, our current state representative, uh, she voted against taxpayers Every single time. Yeah. She voted against our tenth amend- our Second Amendment ten times. She voted against campus free speech. She, she refused to vote to save a baby who survived a botched abortion. Yeah. She's bad for Texas mm-hmm. and bad for Blanco and Hayes County. She even filed three bills to punish Christians. So when she won this seat... Jason, my husband, looked at me and said, Carrie, you need to run and take that seat back. You know, we, our boys were one and three when we moved into this district. They're 15 and 17 now. We've raised our boys there. Yeah. Jason fought for issues that are important to this district for eight years. Mm-hmm. My mom and dad, my sister and her family live in this district we care too much about this district to watch it slip down the wrong path. What was it like to be living in that district in 2018 and see it flip to a, Demo- a Democrat controlling that seat? Unnerving. We were shocked. And based on all the, all the positions that you just, just described, I mean, it was your worst fears come true, right? Right. Yes. Couldn't believe it. Yes. She's bad. She does not represent the district. So what, uh, what are some of the issues that you're going out and talking to voters about? Well, the thing that I'm hearing from voters the most, and I've been hearing it actually for 10 years now because I have been block walking, phone banking, and attending many community events for 10 years in the district. Mm-hmm. The number one issue I hear is property taxes. It has created a burden, a burden on our working families, our small businesses and our seniors. Mm-hmm. So I, I would like to see uh, enact a more string, uh, stringent cap, spending cap at the state level. Okay. Of population plus inflation. Okay. But isn't that the current statute, no. uh, the constitutional now it's economy? Now it's the economy. Okay. It's not population plus inflation. Okay. So, but that's only one of four uh, constitutional spending limits too, correct? 
Yes. So uh, we put this gap in place. Where are some of the areas you think we're going to have to, you know, start to roll up our sleeves and uh, condense our budgets? Well, maybe we can not allow TRS to spend $300 a month on rent. Mm-hmm. 300,000. 300, I'm sorry. Yeah. 300. Yeah. $300,000 <laughs> $300, $300 in downtown Austin would be <laughs> yeah. a steal. Sorry. And Austin City Council would probably be behind it. Uh, uh, so why still spending? You know, uh, so TABC, they were traveling to Hawaii mm-hmm. before Jason cut that ability for them. I believe there's wasteful spending. Yeah, shout out to uh, Representative Davis and her ethics committee for cracking down on them in 2015. Uh, so you're you're looking at uh, attacking the bureaucracy that has bloated in this state and you know making things a bit more lean. Is that kind of your focus when it comes to spending cuts? Yes. Excellent. So what are some other ways that you are looking at boosting the economy so that way, you know, we can stay under the cap, but still remain, uh, you know, bringing in the revenue necessary uh, for the state's functions? Small businesses are the backbone of our economy. Amen. And we can cut regulations and red tape that make it difficult for our small businesses to survive. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I know that especially in, you know, smaller communities in Hayes and Blanco, you know, it's getting tougher. Uh, one of the things the legislature did last session was to uh, crack down on the sales tax revenues that uh, are made on online purchases, right? Because so much of these tax dollars were going to like San Antonio, Dallas, things like that to pay for, uh, you know, shipping orders that were going to you know, San Marcos or going to Dripping Springs or, you know, and the thought was those tax dollars should go to the community where they're being spent, right? doesn't matter where the fulfillment center is, you know, and at least that's not going to help small businesses maybe, but it will reinvigorate the economies and provide crucial tax dollars to these smaller communities. Um, So besides property taxes, uh, supporting small businesses. What are some of the issues that voters are really driving home for you? Border security. That's that's a huge one that I'm hearing. People, they want to, they want our communities and our families to be safe. Mm-hmm. And and they support President Trump and his efforts to secure our border. Yeah. So at the state level, we appropriate north of $800 million per biennium uh, toward that effort. Uh, where would you particularly like to see some better advancement in terms of border security? Well, I would just make sure that it's funded. Border security is funded, fully funded. Do you think that's uh, at risk of completely going away if uh, the House is controlled by Democrats? Definitely compromised. Don't know about completely gone away, but yeah, not to this, not to the extent it is now. Mm-hmm. Well, and part of that would be, you know, there's been discussion about repealing SB4, uh, the Sanctuary Cities Bill from uh, 2017. Uh, why do you think there is this, like, uh, this desire to make our border less secure? I don't know. I do know that, that Aaron Zweener ran on that repealing SB4. She wants to give illegal aliens driver's license, Medicaid. There was a bill that tried to make it harder for people coming across the border to fake 
children as as family members. Yeah, that was a you all and it was like kind of a cottage industry already of people pretending that their children, like these young children, are, are their theirs. own. Yes, and she actually voted against that bill to rein in that practice. Yeah. Yes. And that uh, I mean. Last month was Human Trafficking Month. The president, you know, concluded that with a major uh, signing uh, uh, of an effort to make it a, a nationwide effort to end human trafficking. Uh, the governor made it a priority last month. Uh, we saw a powerful message from Matthew McConaughey and Ken Paxton on this issue. Uh, why do you think she voted against something that it clearly seems like Texas and the nation wants to see resolved. I mean, human trafficking is one of the worst scourges on our society right now. Why does she uh, vote against that kind of thing? I would love to ask her that because this was actually an issue in San Marcos. They found, I'm trying to find the date right here. I don't know the date offhand, but um, there was a human trafficking ring found in San Marcos. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. These, I mean, these larger issues seem to be really affecting our smaller communities. You know, it's no longer just Houston, Austin, San Antonio, Dallas. It's, you know, communities like San Marcos that are unfortunately becoming targets. Mm-hmm. Um, where where do you think, well, actually for you personally, what's an issue that you are, you are bringing to voters? What's an issue that you're personally passionate about it's property taxes okay yeah yeah, I would once uh, if we can enact a more strict spending cap I would like to see the remaining revenue used to buy down the school maintenance and operations taxes that is the largest taxes that we pay okay experts say that we could pay that taxes off in 10 to 11 years this would result in an actual tax cut um, from your perspective, what is it going to take for Republicans to be able to win big in 2020? I believe Republicans are definitely more awake this time around. For sure. For sure. More energized. Mm-hmm. I believe that President Trump on the, on the top of the ticket, uh, instead of the last people, candidates who are at the top of the ticket are going to help. Mm-hmm. Uh, create more energy okay and excitement personally taking this seat back is is going to take hard work it's it's going to take a campaign specific to the campus texas state campus yeah jason and i know how to campaign at texas state we've done it before we've done well there i don't believe that that was a strong point for Mm -hmm last campaign well and they've got a college republican chapter there that's growing pretty big now uh, isn't it or they're at least you know working on expanding their influence on campus yeah i've been endorsed by the texas state college republicans yeah let's talk about that you've uh, racked up quite a few endorsements (laughs) and this is a pretty packed primary so uh, who are some of the organizations that are getting behind you in your campaign the nra texas state rifle association and the nra I'm actually endorsed by them. Wow. They normally give candidates. Yeah, they're surveying. That aren't, that aren't incumbents. I'm the only non-incumbent in the state of Texas that has their endorsement. Excellent. The Texas State Rifle Association, uh, Texas Right to Life, Pro-Life Texas, Texas Values Action, Texas Homeschool Coalition, 
Texas State College Republicans, Texas Attorney General Ken Paxton, Texas Ag Commissioner Sid Miller, Texas Railroad Commissioner Wayne Christian, State Board of Education member Ken Mercer, but most importantly, from over 200 conservative leaders in the district. Excellent. So that's a pretty broad conservative coalition you've built there. Thank you. Yeah. So uh, looking forward, I mean, with this many endorsements, you know, within the district, as well as all these elected officials and advocacy groups, you know, are you feeling uh, pretty good moving forward, obviously into the primary, but uh, looking down the road, should you uh, secure that nomination? You know, are you feeling good about your prospects of flipping this district back in 2020? I am. You know, there, there are a lot of people, organizations that want to get behind me, but can't in a primary. Okay. I know there is a lot more support coming my way when I'm successful in this primary. Excellent. So I kind of get in, I don't like identity politics, but I do get into uh, this conversation with a lot of female candidates about how you have the conversation with more young women in Texas uh, about the Republican Party, what our values are, and you know why they, why you think they should get involved with Republicans in Texas. You know, what is your message to young female voters? Yeah, we need young, strong Republican women to step up and get involved for sure. Is that part of uh, the inspiration uh, for you running as well to set that example for other uh, young Texas women, Texas moms? You know. Republican women across the board? The thought of young women looking up to the woman that's in the seat now, just, I can't imagine it. Yes. We need strong, Christian, conservative women. Excellent. Well, uh, here is your chance as we wrap up to speak directly to the voters in this district. What is your message for the primary? Why should they support Carrie Isaac? Well, I'm the best candidate to win in November. I'm the only candidate that has not only the local support and endorsements, but I have the statewide support and endorsements. I've outraised both of my primary opponents combined. I have the fundraising ability to win in November. Our current state representative is going to be well-funded, probably from outside of the state. Mm-hmm. And I will be able to fundraise. I have the campaign experience. I've been campaigning every election cycle for the last 10 years. And I actually have experience beating Democrats in House District 45. We must keep Texas free. Free from gangs and drug cartels. Free from business crushing regulations free from gun-grabbing politicians, free from leftist-wing dogma in our schools, free from leftists like Aaron Zwiner who want to transform our state. Keep Texas free. Vote Carrie Isaac. Thank you. Excellent. So if people want to learn more about you and your campaign, uh, what is your website, social media, all that stuff? Why don't you uh, give all that to us right now? Yes, go to isaacfortexas.com to sign up and volunteer. Email my campaign at campaign at isaacfortexas.com. Our phone number is 512-829-1374. Facebook is Carrie Isaac for Texas 45 and Twitter is at Carrie Isaac. 
perfect. So are you getting excited? I mean, early voting is, is getting close. Do you get excited around this time of year? I do. I, you know, I, I'm an Ironman. I, I ran, biked, and swam 140.6 miles in less than 17 hours. And I know what it's like to train for a race. And these, the hard work has been done. And now it's just making across the line. And, and it's, I'm excited. Excellent. Well, thank you so much for coming on. If you uh, win the primary, we'll bring you back and we'll have a longer conversation about how you're going to win this district back in 2020. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Thank you again to Carrie for joining us. Uh, Thank you to you for listening and tuning in on Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Podcast Addict, Breaker. There's all these, there's all these platforms out there and we see you. We appreciate you. And if you're out there and you're listening and you really appreciate this show, uh, please follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Big Texas Podcast. Uh, Leave us a review on whatever platform you listen. It really helps boost uh, the performance of the podcast and get it out to more folks try and get us up on those rankings uh, lists. Uh, but more importantly, you know, it helps make sure that more voters are tuning in. They're getting a chance to hear from candidates talk at length about a variety of issues. Uh, thank you to all of our candidates. We're uh, thrilled to keep rolling along. If you haven't heard, I am now working with the Republican party of Texas, on a new podcast called let's talk texas first episode came out yesterday uh so check that out we give uh shout outs to our sister show i appreciate state chairman uh, james dickey and allowing me the opportunity to uh, take part in that over there so let's talk texas big texas podcast we're all texas themed here and we appreciate everyone for getting involved getting active and most of all Going out to vote, early voting, ends February 28th, election day, game day, March 3rd. Polls will be open 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. And we will be covering all of that, breaking down uh, the data as it uh, becomes available. And so just make sure you're following Texas Young Republicans on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at TexasYRs. Thank you again. Until then, friends, we'll see you down the road.